Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to episode 110 of the Fabulously Keto podcast. And before I introduce this week's guest, let's listen to a recent review on iTunes. So thank you, NYT Review. It got a five-star review. And this person said, I really appreciate the story about the speaker's struggle with soda pop. I 100% felt that scenario. It's really a struggle to radically evolve one's lifestyle. Some people seem to be able to make radical shifts rap- rapidly and consistently while I'm spinning my wheels. I'm learning as I spin, but it's slow going. Thank you for being a force for support and information in the community. And there were some emojis of eggs, steak and cheese. So that was by NYT Review from the United States. So thank you for leaving that review. Now, if you'd like to leave us a review, just open your podcast app and you can either rate it with a star review or you can write us a little paragraph and we'll read it out on a podcast. Anyway, today I'm interviewing Ollie Lester. Ollie and I met at the PHC conference and then we met again at Kestival. Ollie has only written a little bit about himself, so I'll read you what he wrote. He said, I'm a health coach specialising in lower carb solutions for metabolic health. I work full time for the NHS doing health coaching and social prescribing with some occasional one to one clients. So let's go and listen to the interview. Welcome, Ollie, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with us today. Thanks, Jackie. Pleased to be here. <laughs> I keep saying us, even though it's only me. Louise is not with us today, but there you go. <laughs> She's, uh, what's she doing now? Fast, not quite fast asleep, but getting ready for bed. Um, so where in the world are you? I'm in the New Forest uh, in one of my places of work in Barton-on-Sea. So I work in uh, GP surgery and yeah, nice part of the world. Just down away yeah. from the beach and the forest. Sounds like it's on Barton on sea, did you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds on sea. Sounds like it's very sea. I went swimming in the sea last week. Oh, that's one of my big things as well, all year round, but at least sea dipping all year round anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll come on good. to that. Yeah. So, start by telling us a bit about your story, how you got involved in low carb, what you led you there, and how you got to today, really. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I used to work in the travel industry. So uh, for about 12 years, I worked for an adventure travel company, which sounds quite glamorous. And I got to travel 
lots and climb mountains and go cycling around the world and that kind of thing. But yeah, I I uh, wasn't in great mental physical health. I, I don't think, uh, and just a bit unfulfilled. So after that period, I I ended up quitting my job and going traveling uh, because yeah, during those times I had kind of depression on and off, and then also yeah, looking back, I had gum disease, uh, which was my kind of well, just all, from all the junk I was eating, I wasn't didn't have any clue about what that uh, would do would, was doing to my dental or uh, mental health yeah so I took a year out so I, I went to Nepal and India in 2017 and didn't really have a much of a plan but I, I got involved in uh, volunteering teaching English and sports in Kerala I did loads of trekking in the Himalayas in uh, Nepal went to yoga school for a month uh, did Oh, loads of retreats with uh, Buddhist monks in northern India and Kathmandu as well. So I just try to re, re, um, reset my life really and uh, doing all these kind of uh, totally different activities and experiences. Uh, I wasn't low carb out there because, uh, but I was eating real food. So lots of I, I stayed with loads of families and stayed in volunteer houses where we cooked every single day. Lots of uh, veg and rice and meats, but very simple stuff. But uh, it just had had no uh, processed junk, and just realizing, yeah, they prioritize cooking uh, each meal of the day, and it's a big part of their life. Yeah. Um, so, so you sound like you were very fit as a young younger person, um, but you obviously still struggling with health issues, even though you were fit. Oh uh, yeah, I. I think, um, yeah, I've always enjoyed sport, played football for donkey's years. and uh, But, yeah, there, there was just something uh, kind of not quite right. Not I wasn't fulfilled and, um, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't kind of aligned with what I wanted to do lately. There was a piece missing. But I, now now as a health coach in, in uh, the NHS, I'm much more aligned with what, and, and yeah, have a, have a reason to get up. We enjoy getting up uh, and have a purpose and help people now. Um, but yeah, I, going back to like my year out, um, sorry, I uh, listened to so many podcasts. That I, I learned so much that year just from free podcasts when I was on buses and uh, on planes or whatever, and just downloading anything and everything about health and life that kind of reset my perspective and listening to people like. Uh, I think Mark Hyman and Chris Cresser were early ones I, I picked up on. And then uh, uh, Tim Noakes and Gary Fetke, I, I heard them on our various podcasts. And that was kind of my introduction to sort of low carb. Um, so I, um, and yeah, one of the other podcasts I kept hearing, or, or Wim Hof was um, on Joe Rogan. And that was, uh, that, that kind, of, kind of sparked an interest in me. And then, I ended up doing a Wim Hof retreat at the end of that year in Poland. Uh, that, and that's all around uh, mindset and uh, cold exposure and breathing exercises. So that kind of complemented my work with uh, the Buddhist monks and um, all the yoga school I did. Um, and yeah, just had a kind of a reset that year. And then when I came back after yeah, uh, Poland and uh, Nepal and India, I kind of just realized like being in the UK, like everyone looks sick. Uh, and 
and everyone was overstimulated because I was away from Western media and advertising and didn't have any of that for 12 months. And it just kind of uh, struck me. And it was like the, the emperor's new clothes, like just coming back and having a new lens to look through, if you like. And uh, everyone was eating rubbish. Um, and, and yeah, because I, I was, uh, well, I had a much better sleep hygiene um, because, yeah, they, I just went went to bed earlier and than I w- was doing previously, so that really helped as well. As well, um, so yeah, I just kind of uh, thought about what what I could do as a job, and, and that kind of led me into uh, health coaching. So I studied that um, for six months, and, and that's just all around habit changes and whether it's better sleep, better movement, um, better foods, better stress management. I kind of uh, uh, yeah, love love the learning experience. Um, and as well as my own kind of research and podcasting and, and reading books, the, the health coaching course really uh, set me up for a new path, really. Uh, so so 2017 was when you went off to India and Nepal. Yeah. So you came back in 2018. When did you study to do your health coaching? Was that straight away? Yeah, January 18, I enrolled in this uh, course. Um, yeah, I loved it. And I was working part time in a pub. Um as well as doing the, the, the coaching uh, course and then started out just doing like self-employed, picking up uh, friends of friends kind of to, to help uh, experiment and coach on. Uh, and yeah, made made really good connections with that and joined the UK Health Coaches Association, which they set up that year as well. So that was good. And then um, I, and Rongan Chatterjee was one of their big advocates. Uh, he's big into health coaching. So I went to see their first conference and also at that conference, Sam Felton was speaking uh, about the public health collaboration, uh, which instantly resonated with me, what he was saying about the dietary guidelines and uh, how yeah unhealthy the UK's population is. And uh, so I joined the PHC straight away. Um, and yeah, we kind of learned a lot from their members and ambassadors and people like David Unwin and Asim Malhotra, who've been kind of in there from the start as well but uh yeah that's that's another source of great inspiration and uh information yeah it's fabulous isn't it so i love supporting it as a charity and also doing what i can as an ambassador so so now you're working in a gp surgery and tell us a bit about what you do there yeah so i joined about three years ago as a kind of combined health coach and social prescriber um the social prescribing bit is kind of relieving uh isolation or loneliness and helping people in a kind of a lifestyle uh, solution uh, orientated way um but i think there's a lot of overlap we've got the opportunity to sit and listen uh because our appointments are either half an hour or an hour with a patient either on the phone or in person so you can get to the bottom of whatever lifestyle imbalance they have whether it's it could be anxiety or isolation or, or uh, obesity or whatever. There's always a kind of a root cause uh, to that. And um, it's kind of helping people make a positive change, whether that's joining a walking group or it could be changing their breakfast. But I mean, one of the things that I was trying to get across since I started was uh, all the work from the PHC and the likes of David Unwin. So I've been kind of a, uh, uh, sowing seeds trying to create a kind of a low carb um yeah just just trying to emphasize the benefits of low carb so i've 
I ran um, low carb online Zoom groups during the lockdowns. And then I've just started uh, running face to face support groups for those who are interested in low carb, whether it's blood sugar issues or uh, weight issues. Uh, but there's a lot of interest there. And I've been working uh, with, yeah, with a uh, cookery teacher. Uh, from Romsey down the roads called Natasha, who runs her own cookery school. We've kind of combined to make a low carb uh, cookery course. And we've got funding uh, that a lady from the council kind of sourced, which is uh, really helpful. So it's kind of a joint project and we're helping uh, people learn how to cook low carb. Um, so we've been running it for three months now and taken about 22 patients through. Uh, so yeah, each patient gets four sessions. And we cook things like uh, Thai green curry with cauliflower rice. Uh, we cook like baked fish with roasted veg. Uh, all really delicious, but all quite simple, uh, not too expensive. And yeah, the the, the uh, results so far are really positive. And we, one of the GPs here, his partner works for BBC South Today News, and we we got him in one week and did a re news report. Uh, we've had the uh, local paper come in and do a really good report about the benefits to mental, physical and social health as well. So that's kind of a really fun project. Uh, and we hope to do actually one project next month for the staff as well, because we've got um, plenty of people who could benefit on our workforce as well. Yeah. So these four sessions, are they are they all based around cooking or I guess it's a part of you talking about? lifestyle and and how to eat and what we're eating as well as the cooking so that are they learning to cook yeah a bit of both so each session is around two and a half hours so the first hour is kind of a discussion uh, about where they are what could help them out uh, and just learning which foods could help them get better blood sugars and uh, help them get healthier really um, so and then yeah we get to chop up various veg we get to kind of uh put things in a pot and natasha kind of uh yeah educates she's really good at teaching people uh about which foods are, are going to be better and then we get to eat as a group there's no you know, including myself and her there's a table of about 10 people having a meal uh, around lunchtime so um yeah it's kind of an interactive learning experience uh and people really get benefit from that and some people just feel you know, it, it ticks all the boxes. It's social. Uh, it's a lot of fun uh, as well as sharing ideas. And they've got a WhatsApp going, WhatsApp group going. So people are sharing where to buy ingredients, uh, what to have for breakfast and where where to meet out uh, that offers low carb as well, uh, as well as other you know, resources like podcasts or books to recommend. But so overall, it's a it's a really uh, fulfilling project. Yeah. And um, I guess that also addresses the loneliness, anxiety part that you're trying to address in your work as well by giving them, you know, people to be with for even if it's only for a few hours for four times, at least they're getting out and then maybe seeing the benefits of that so that they can then go on and maybe just try and find other ways to get involved with other people. Yeah, definitely. And I know they've, amongst them the whatsapp group they've actually asked natasha to come back uh next month as a one-off and self-funded because all the all these uh courses are funded uh, so they're all paying 20 quid each to get natasha back in because they've had so much 
positive experience. So they're going to cook a, a different meal. I think they're requesting a curry with maybe a dessert this time, a low carb dessert. Um, but yeah, I know they, some of them have been meeting up uh, outside of uh, the sessions. So it's kind of, yeah, giving people uh, the means to kind of create their own well-being solutions, whether it's a you know, coffee with a mate or a, yeah, a low carb meal. It really does help. That sounds fantastic. It's really good. Great. So what, so you said that you had the depression and gum disease. Was there anything else that you maybe looking back now think, ah, yes, that used to bother me. And at what point did, did you notice it went away? Uh, oh yeah. I had kind of skin issue, like acne as well. That was, that was a key, well, that was common in my childhood. But then like, looking back now, I, I mean, I grew up on Kellogg's Frosties and I, I wouldn't accept anything else for breakfast. And I, yeah, I, I was totally unaware uh, of any kind of food benefits back then. Um, but yeah, I mean, just having time away um, in Nepal and India, I, I, I definitely ate far less or if any, like sugar. Yeah, so, but I noticed uh, my mental clarity was a lot better uh, in in, yeah, in Nepal and India while, while I was well away from I think Western media as well. Like I didn't listen or watch the news for 12 months. And that's kind of so refreshing. And I still don't, uh, I actively avoid news reports and turn the radio off when it's kind of midday or, or you know, on the hour. So that, that, that's, that's definitely helping my mental health as well. So that's, I'll, I'll continue to do that for the rest of my life, I think, because, I, uh, you know, uh, I, it's always negative. So why put stuff in your head that's uh, always negative? Um, but, I yeah. stopped listening to the news a long, long time ago. I just figured if there's anything important to know, somebody's going to tell me about it. You know, if there's an earthquake or, yeah, why why do you even need to know that there's an earthquake? But if there is, somebody will tell me. I don't need to listen to the news and that constant bombarding of fear mongering and negative. Yeah, like you say, negative stuff is just so much and people listen to it all the time and you know my husband's got classical radio on and every hour you've got and then probably half an hour as well I don't listen you've got that same message over and over again it's no wonder people feel down all the time Mm. they're constantly being bombarded with this negative messaging yeah I totally agree it's kind of junk food for your mind isn't it uh and it's kind of yeah just being aware that um, you want to put positive things in your body, whether it's uh, whatever you're reading or, or looking at, as well as your food. And it, it, it's it's quite obvious for me now to say that, but yeah, back then, having uh, been growing up in the UK, where the media is like so toxic anyway, uh, just having that twelve month period away, kind of yeah, again, that's a, such a massive element of uh, well being. And I've not yeah, I mean, going uh, real food, low carb, my skin got better um and yeah just have more clarity of thought my sleep's better uh and i just yeah feel happier uh as well as healthier yeah Uh, so when we met at the phc conference in may um we shook hands and your hands were really cold really really cold (laughs) and you said i've just come out of a cold shower so tell us a bit about your cold showers and the stuff because you said you'd um done a retreat with wim Wimhoff, I guess it is. Um, and tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I've been doing morning cold showers now since 
uh, the end of 2017 when I joined that retreat. Uh, and I just have it as part of my day. I don't question it. It's like not, not listening to the news and having a cold shower. You know, that's part of my being now. Um, How long have you been there for? Uh, so we went to Poland for a week. Oh, yeah, six days. There's probably 60 other people there, uh, all split into three groups. And each group had a two instructors and Wim Hof was like floating in between three groups. And we just learned uh, breathing exercises, which were, yeah, so powerful. Uh, people thought, uh, I mean, it was like after half an hour of doing these breathing exercises, it was like uh, natural highs and people had very emotional uh, experiences during them. Um, so we did, did that. Anyone, did anyone faint or pass out? Because I think that's a, a sign. No, no, no nobody passed out. People started uh, just having really vivid images in their head. Some people were, I remember, uh, were crying as well. But I mean, but it, you just felt on, on a high uh, as a general rule. And then we were uh, dipping in uh, cold rivers in the Polish winter and getting... Yeah, and then gearing up at the end of the week, we we were climbing a mountain uh, in the winter, just wearing shorts and boots uh, and a hat. So it was uh, just really realizing how how powerful and how capable your body is and mind. Uh, we can we can do these things if we kind of get the right training and the right mindset. Um, and and since then, I, I, yeah, I because I live near the sea, uh, I try and do at least one cold dip. Uh, through, throughout the winter each weekend and uh yeah throughout the lockdown i've noticed that that's been really uh growing in popularity there's there's cold water swimming groups all around where i live from boscombe uh to milford and yeah i occasionally join people and it's a lot more fun uh as a group and it's the kind of a bonding experience getting over an uncomfortable thing um and you yeah you come out get changed put warm clothes on have a cup of coffee and it's all it's all really uh, uplifting, but you feel like alive completely. Um, and see, the, the benefits to mental health are incredible for, for cold water swimming. Yeah. Do you think the Wim Hof method helps you to stay in the cold water longer? Uh, yeah, I guess it does. Because I uh, I mean, I, I, I don't go as long as some people, but I, I kind of know what my body can handle. I always aim, aim for, for personally for like five minutes. Um, sometimes that happens, sometimes that, Sometimes it doesn't, but because I do the, the daily cold showers, I'm I'm kind of training my body to be naturally uncomfortable and, and choosing that uncomfortableness as well. So, uh, and what what temperatures do the sit does the sea get down to in the winter? Uh, oh, I don't even know. I don't even measure it because I. Oh, okay. uh, some I people imagine do. it's still quite warm there in the channel. Uh, oh, I couldn't couldn't tell you, uh, Jackie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Some people have like the you know the fancy watches and stuff, but I, I kind of yeah. have a digital watch that doesn't pick up on temperature. But so no, yeah, <laughs> okay. No, where we go swimming, it's quite often between three and six degrees, and I think that's quite a bit colder than the sea. So right, I, just wondered, right. I don't know. So with your cold showers, how long are you in the shower for? I do two minutes. I time it on my watch, and I just go full on cold in the morning. Uh, and that's always the case now. Uh, and then if I'm going out in the evening after work, I know I definitely, I mean, I, I treat myself to a warm shower, then I definitely end it cold because if I'm feeling a bit tired, I know that's going to instantly uh, make me come alive again. So it kind of, it's an energy boost uh, for me. So if I am going out for whatever reason, um, yeah, cold shower is a definite pick me up. 
so your hands were really cold because you must have, you know, we, we, we were there and we'd been there for a while and your hands were really cold just from two minutes. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I guess we get, we're all kind of different temperatures, yeah. aren't we? But uh, yeah, it works for me and it's not for everyone's cup of tea, but I know that's kind of a, a medicine, if you like, like stress relieving uh, and energy boosting. Um, and that's just one of the ways I kind of naturally uh, manage stress. So yeah. in a positive way. Last winter I was um having a so I I started off with the cold shower after we interviewed Susie Edge. I started off and I started just working my way up my legs and so slowly doing it. And then I was in the shower for about eight minutes or something like that and cold. And I was figuring all oh, this water's going down the drain. I might as well just run, do it in the bath. So then I sat showering in the bath. And then in the end, I was just running a cold bath and getting just straight into the cold water. But then I realized that we were ended up with water coming through our kitchen ceiling and so the bath is leaking around the edge and it still hasn't been sorted. So my cold baths have stopped, but I'm looking forward to the builder coming in the next few weeks to, to repair it so I can go back to my cold. But I'm not looking forward to cold baths, but I do want to get back to it, especially as the winter's approaching for the swimming outdoors. You, it's, I think it helps if you've used to having a cold bath or a cold shower. Oh, 100%. I mean, the cold at the moment it doesn't even uh, make you kind of take a breath um so and i'm in um like a facebook group for wim hof uk and people always look what post uh we're looking forward to winter kind of thing and uh so yeah it's kind of having that positive spin on it i suppose isn't it yeah yeah and we, we go as there's a couple of us that go and so it's a social thing as well and we have mm. breakfast afterwards so it's yeah. a social gathering as well as having a cold dip yeah so you you're doing the um park runs as well so tell us about the real food runners yeah um so as a as a group of surgeries i started trying to encourage people to do park run uh, once a month as a as a workforce and that was kind of kind of a nice project and we do our local one at limington and i sometimes do the one in bournemouth as well uh and in bournemouth oh it, i just noticed lots of uh vegan runner shirts um and they all met up afterwards um to share you know uh, share their sugar-filled brownies or stuff like that <laughs> um and the, the community aspect of that group is amazing but uh yeah from my perspective it's, it's barking up the wrong tree in terms of the food um so i just have the idea of uh creating a, a food-based running group that, that could pr pr promote real food or low carb um so i spoke to mark hancock one of the another ambassadors and sam felton from the phc and we kind of created a community uh, of real it's called real food runners and we've got our own website and a facebook page now and we've just started doing uh only in the, in the past sort of three or four months uh and actually last saturday we did our second meetup in winchester so there was about 10 of us all registered with real food runners some of we've got a t-shirt now and it's kind of a early days but we we would hope to grow this kind of a thing as a similar maybe to the vegan running community just having a community-based running group and, and the idea maybe is to have other pots of uh or other pools of um people around the country who could maybe meet up because uh, we've been just doing this in hampshire because we're all kind of hampshire based uh, but if we can get other people sort of creating their own 
uh, real food running groups, then that's maybe a, another way to promote uh, yeah, eating and as well as moving. But with, with a big caveat, you, you can't outrun a bad diet uh, because that's uh, a big message that we're trying to push as well. Yeah, because and it, and it is possible to over exercise, which is a stress on your body as well. So, yeah, I think you you have to find that balance of what is the fitness combined with not over not overtraining yeah definitely i mean uh and it's just finding uh exercises you enjoy as well i mean we've had uh, requests maybe for real food walkers real food dancers real food cyclists so i mean it doesn't really matter i mean whatever activity you choose just uh, if you can fuel it on uh what we're supposed to eat um then or no days. food no yeah food. Or, or no food i mean yeah park run as it's nine o'clock um yeah, we all run fasted. So, yeah, you can have your uh, bacon and eggs after after the run. Um, yeah, excellent. Yeah, but it's been, so far it's been going well. And we've spoken to uh, a few other people who are, we know who are runners and uh, low carb. So like people like Tim Noakes and David Unwin uh, and uh, Michelle Hearn. And there's a few people who are active on Twitter. And maybe if we can give them a shirt whack it on twitter and then we could grow, grow it even more but it, uh, there's a definite um collaboration there maybe so yes because i there's probably lots of people and doug reynolds was yep. yeah so lots of lots of runners out there and and also probably peter Bruckner in australia who did you were you at the 2019 phc conference no i wasn't oh, um but yeah I, I had seen his uh uh talk on youtube so yeah he's another one we're kind of making a list of yeah that's a good good suggestion actually yeah i'll have a look through my list and see who's yeah. brilliant oh, that'd be great so i know because there was a photo because you did a photo at phc conference there was a you and dr ian lake and dr campbell murdoch and dr seema Holtra, all and mark um all having your photos taken with the t-shirts so that was great yeah, and we've got sort of oh, maybe ideas of uh, doing the London Marathon, maybe. Um, yeah, I think Sam has requested a few, couple of places. So that could be another opportunity to just promote the message. And uh, and yeah, whoever wants to do the marathon. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably, yeah, I, I would, if if we get a place, I'll, I'll say yes. I'll have to sign up for that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> have you run a marathon before? Yeah, just once in 2018 in Amsterdam, um, with a group of my mates, and I had lo lots of time during that year because yeah, I was sort of studying and working part time. So yeah, I couldn't really say no to that. So that's my one and only uh, marathon. But yeah, I, I did enjoy the training, but and, and I was training low carb. And actually, um, I was told about oh, you hit, hear people about hitting the wall at 20 miles, but I didn't hit that um, because all from my training, I was yeah low carb, and we. Uh, yeah, for in Amsterdam in our hotel, we just had a, um, a meat and cheese platter for breakfast, and that that fueled me. I didn't feel hungry uh, running through the, the marathon either. So that's another interesting point. Uh, yeah. And how was the recovery after? Uh, did, did, oh, did, sorry, I'm going to go back. Did you take on any fuel while you were running at all? I had a handful of nuts in my shorts pocket. Uh, I, I did eat them, but I didn't feel particularly hungry but because it was a new experience for me i just thought maybe i should eat but uh <laughs> if i did it again maybe i probably wouldn't um but yeah we did have a just a 
big low carb breakfast of cheese and meat. Um, so, oh, if I did, if it did do another one, that that's kind of an interesting. Uh, yeah, interestingly, I I interviewed someone else recently, and he said exactly the same thing that he felt he should eat. Yeah. While he was, I can't. I think was it a marathon he was doing, triathlon. Um, mm. He felt he should eat while he was going along but you know it's it's interesting maybe next time you won't eat at all so what about the recovery after the marathon was that uh oh i mean we just got really drunk in amsterdam and so we were hung over and aching all over the next morning so i probably said well yeah I, it wasn't a low carb night for sure um so uh yeah but that's just a one-off isn't it but it was a really great bonding experience as well because it was uh eight of us who did it um so all kind of different speeds but the, it, yeah again the social aspect of that and achieving a goal together is a really good uh thing to do yeah excellent so tell us a bit about what your day looks like in terms of eating yeah like today i haven't eaten monday to friday i generally eat at one o'clock is my first meal i did have a, a coffee this morning with some double cream that's kind of a uh really nice way i think to to start the day um and then i've got oh in my lunchbox today i've got bacon slices boiled eggs a bit of salads and roasted veg kind of a kind of a combination of leftovers that's a, that's a typical lunch for me sometimes if i don't prepare it we've got a really good butcher in new milton where i, where I work uh who does uh pork belly roasted like ready to eat he mm. does slices of uh corned beef he does faggots ready to eat uh their com combo of liver bacon uh herbs and onion they're delicious and they're like 85p i i mean you can't get much well you, i mean liver is the most nutritious food in the world and uh to have that on tap um when i'm ready um it, yeah and, and i sometimes go in morrison's as well which i buy uh a plate of or a, or a tray of mussels which are ready to eat one pound fifty greek yogurt which is 60p and an orange sometimes that's a kind of a my homemade meal deal that's kind of two pound 50 and it's all low carb and i i and it's just one ingredient so um so that's kind of a, my options for lunch and then dinner is kind of usually uh what else do i cook yeah like a typical meal is like beef mince or lamb mince with uh, like a bolognese style and I, I kind of eat that with a spoon without any uh uh, the need for like you know spaghetti or whatever and then that that's kind of a standard one yeah obviously i can cook uh a few other things but that's just an easy one i mean it's it's cheap as well uh and i i question anyone who thinks uh eating low carb or eating real food is uh expensive and it's just having uh the means and the resources and a few experiments to kind of uh play around with and it's definitely possible to eat on a budget uh really well yeah yeah i i find you know I my one of my favorite meals was spaghetti bolognese um but I just swapped out the pasta very early on and just put on a bed of either cabbage or a bed of uh, broccoli but mm. nowadays I will quite often Julian say do you want veg with your bolognese and I'll say no don't worry I'm not bothered mm. don't don't even feel I need anything underneath it yeah no I think yeah cabbage like shredded cabbage is a great one uh, and uh, sugar snap peas as well uh i can't yeah. maybe add them um but it, yeah again it's pretty cheap and uncomplicated yeah fabulous
so Ollie, are you running any groups around low carb um in the within the practice yeah so uh last month and actually yeah for, for the last two months i've been running a face-to-face -face support group for people who were interested in low carb um and i'm doing it in the local kind of community center rather than the the surgery right now because we have to wear masks at the moment in the surgery uh, so to having it in an independent building we don't have to do that and last month uh, I had a lady who reversed her type 2 diabetes in the past six weeks uh, I first spoke to her actually in February and she went away uh, and loved the learning process and really bought into the fact that type 2 diabetes is resolvable and I spoke to her uh, in March and then in April and then all that, those three conversations within that time um, Verena re reversed her diabetes and came and spoke to my group uh, a couple of weeks ago and just hearing how she did it uh, was really inspiring for other people in the group there was 20 people in the room and they were all asking her particular questions and she combined fasting with uh, yeah her favorite low-carb meals um and she yeah just gave her accounts of how uh good she feels now uh she's lost uh, over two stone and she's a dressmaker as well which was re really interesting because all her dimensions pretty much uh improved so she was measuring her arms she was measuring her legs her bum her waist everything got smaller yeah um and that was a great feature actually that was a yeah really interesting to hear how 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 uh you know she doesn't need as much material to make her next dress so you know it's it's kind of a saving money on that front as well as the um uh eating less food she she kind of uh used the fasting and learned from jason funk so she kind of did an 18 hour fast had two meals within uh six hours and that worked for her uh, and she's also vegetarian which is another interesting point oh wow yeah. uh, you don't have to uh, you know whatever path uh you know we're all different aren't we so with different dietary requirements she she does eat eggs um but not uh any meat so that was an interesting uh for, for the rest of the group and myself as well so yeah that I, i'd really love to maybe we should get her on because mm. people say can i do it if i'm a vegetarian and i i tend to say yes you can um but it is it is more challenging i think isn't it yeah it kind of gives you maybe a little less option um but if you like veg then that gives you a lot of scope for creating a really nice meal and i mean it's really avoiding potatoes sweet potatoes and parsnips and more or less anything any other veg are, are fair game yeah um and adding in eggs and and you know uh berries and nuts and seeds and stuff there's still quite an opportunity to create delicious food and adding in herbs and spices and that kind of thing so yeah whatever yeah. means necessary be interesting to see where she gets her protein from cheese and eggs but there's not a lot of protein mm. yeah yeah no you know i can ask her to jump on <laughs> yeah so um that's great that 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 the people could actually see somebody having made that change and had reversed their type 2 diabetes which is always amazing um, but it's very motivating for people to be able to see that, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, she had type 2 diabetes for, I think, 15 years. So from February to July, she got rid of it. So 
you know, and it was only a, like three conversations with me, just and I was just sharing uh, the hope from the likes of David Unwin and sharing you know, Jason Fung, and she really bought into uh, you know, researching herself and planning, and that was a, another big feature of her journey. She planned all her meals, and she knew uh, what uh, occasions she was going to be away from home uh, and when they were, and uh, one of her big considerations was having fun with her grandkids and having the energy to sort of play football in the garden with them uh, and knowing that her grandkid would often have sweets and stuff uh, and, and just preparing her mind for those moments was really important and so just having planning and preparation uh, was was massively helpful for her uh, yeah and it, yeah it's mind and body isn't it so and, but just also buying into the hope that these things can be resolved and, and, and one meal at a time. And then sure enough, it, it's it's possible, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what Dr. David Unwin and Jen Unwin always talk about is hope. And if you've got hope, there's lots that you can do and lots of motivation to do it. So what's, yeah. what's coming up for you? What do you see the future being for Ollie? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying my current role uh so yeah we'll see where that goes and, and we're still running the, the cookery classes and yeah the, the the staff cookery class could be a really beneficial one because that would uh hopefully uh improve our our workforce and that could ripple out into uh yeah passing that on to the patients yeah we'd hope to grow the, the real food runners thing uh we are going to a lifestyle conference next month actually in birmingham with yeah, again, David Unwin speaking, David Oliver, and uh, loads of other kind of low carb royalty. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we, we're uh, what else? Oh yeah, and there's another. Uh, there's Steve Bennett. He's a, uh, I think he's a oh, trustee yeah. or uh, somebody involved in the PHC. Yeah. He's got a got a uh, health company called Health Results. Just starting out next month, and I'm hopefully being involved in that for doing uh, some sort. of low carb coaching so that'll be quite exciting um like a few hours or one or two hours a, a week just to help people along their journey um transitioning from yeah junk food diets to kind of real foods low carb and i mean low carb just ticks so many boxes it improves blood pressure it improves blood sugar body fat loss and just people feel good don't they and more energy and better sleep and uh so the further you can push this message, then uh, the more people you can hopefully help help out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I noticed you were on the um, on the coaches list, as am I. Oh, great! Oh, see you there. Yeah, and I'm doing the health results um, metabolic testing as well. Oh, excellent! Okay, yeah. uh, I've done a quite a well, not quite a few because I've only been doing it a few weeks, but um, I've done a few in the last few weeks. So that's really good so that people can get a measure of where they are in terms of their health journey and then their choice whether they want to make a change or not but in six months or a year's time they can take the test again and see have they improved or have they gone backwards which i think is really good to get a real a baseline for where for where you're starting from yeah definitely i actually uh, one other thing I, i'll mention uh in may i i signed up for that um the freestyle Libra two-week trial because yeah, I, I'm not um, I, I'm just very curious about what foods do to my body. So um, that was fascinating. I, I recommend anyone uh, if if it's still free 
I think it's still free at the moment. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you just understand your own body. So if you eat a banana, what happens there? So I, I kind of uh, had a few experiments like that. Um, which so just, tell, us, just to, tell us your experiments because uh, I don't know if you just eat normally, it's just a flat line, isn't it? It just goes. Yeah, yeah. I ended up. Um, I ended up testing with all things I shouldn't eat and um, yeah. had massive highs and some massive lows as well. But that was just one off. I'm going to test this, see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, I bought a uh, bacon baguette from a deli in uh, Southbourne. Um, but yeah, really nice place, but it was a white baguette. Um, so I ate that. And oh, I think it was about 90 minutes afterwards, I, I kind of just... We were walking uh, along the beachfront. And I just felt really low, and then, yeah, sure enough, I had a massive spike, and then a, a really low. Um, that was interesting. So white bread was one that, um, yeah, sent me up and down very quickly. Um, I, I did a, I bought a loaf of sourdough from a baker's, which I, uh, once a month I might do that, but I'd, I'd freeze it, and uh, yeah, having toasted sourdough after it's been frozen uh, had a very very low impact on my blood sugar compared to when i had kind of a, a, an egg sandwich uh having it fresh so that was an interesting one uh Ooh, that nice. doesn't that doesn't work for everyone i i because I, I picked that up from a, another podcast it yeah frozen starch would have a better result for some and it does for me yeah um so that's again the, very interesting a bit like the resistant starch in potatoes yeah uh, um, the next day yeah. So if, if people are, you know, uh, or some people are addicted to bread and so that may be helpful in a transitional phase, maybe. Uh, but yeah, without doing the uh, glucose monitor test, I would have never known that. So I thought, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, so, yeah. So, Ollie, how can people get in contact with you? Yeah, I've got uh, my own website. Um I sound a bit like a bit of a knob when I say that, I think, but because uh, <laughs> um, I set that up when I was self-employed. So it's just ollielester.co.uk. I haven't really touched it for three years. Um, so people can contact me on there. I'm on Twitter as health coach Ollie. I've only just recently joined Twitter, but that's such a good learning platform as well. I've, I've learned so many things from just bullet points from, from various doctors around the world. And often it doesn't have to be more than a, a simple bullet point that, that can prompt people to uh uh yeah make a change so those are my two kind of uh mediums if you like okay we'll put that in the show notes so why don't you leave us with your three top tips yeah well the patient uh verena who reversed her diabetes she just said planning and researching i, I really think that's got a big part of a, any change process you have to sort of plan when you're eating and what you're eating because if you don't you're kind of at the mercy of other people's kind of uh foods um so i think that's got to and just being organized and just uh and it takes kind of responsibility to plan and yeah combine that's kind of one tip so that's really helpful yeah uh and secondly yeah cook like you're in control of what you eat if you're cooking your own food yeah um and if you're going out like you know could you take like hard-boiled eggs or cooked sausages or whatever? It has to be something that's going to improve your health because, like, yeah, without cooking your own food, you're again like outsourcing your health. Um, and thirdly, I just spend, I yeah, spend more time outdoors. We live in a we're an indoor lifestyle 
kind of place, uh, whether that's walking or cycling or swimming or just hanging out um, with friends outdoors. I mean, it's just we're vitamin D deficient as well. And it, whether you're, um, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like any any exercise is better outdoors, I think. So, uh, and if you can do it as a group, like say park run or running a marathon, it doesn't matter. Like just pick something that's uh, going to get you outdoors, make you feel better. Uh, and then more time you spend outdoors, that that generally helps your sleep pattern as well. So yeah. that's Especially my, if you take uh, your glasses off and no contact lenses, definitely helps your circadian rhythms. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I used to when I because I was a was one of these people that would never exercise, never did anything, and so when I started to being able and wanting to move more, I would go in the gym on a treadmill. Um, but very quickly I moved away from that and I now we live in the country and there's country roads, fast cars, no pavements. So I tend to run up and down the drive, but I tend to do it outdoors now. Um, if I'm walking or running or whatever it is, I go through phases of running. I'm not a very good runner. I'm a very slow runner. So it's more of a fast walk than a run. But I, I definitely do more stuff outside than I ever did before. Mm. And even yeah raining i i still go out because the light whether it's overcast and cloudy will still affect your circadian rhythm so yeah oh yeah i mean and one of the benefits of park run you don't have to be a runner you can walk it as well um so that's and uh, a bonus tip i would say now's the perfect time of year to pick blackberries it's it's uh mindful you're outdoors and they're low carb and they're free like what's not to like and i made a really good blackberry uh crumble based on uh emma porter's recipe on the low carb kitchen and uh yeah how easy is that but it's a it's a activity that you can involve you know grandkids your grandmother uh but free food is available right now so um, yes i i did pick some the other week and i need to go back out we've got a lot of stinging nettles in front of them but I yeah. go and get some more and cut those stinging nettles down yeah. Oh, you know, wear gloves or whatever, but it's just uh, an easy, mindful activity, isn't it? And yeah, foraging. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> this is the right time of year for foraging. Definitely. Ollie, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Hope that, uh, no, that's really fun. Ollie and I live in the UK, and that would be considered a first world country. And most of us would think that we've got it sussed and we're in a good position. But it takes and it took for Ollie traveling to a distant country to see what a negative place we live in. We're dealing with chronic stress, lots of illness, constant negativity from the media and often social media. Social media and our devices often take over our lives to the detriment of our social lives. And we don't mix with others as much as we used to. So there's a whole heap of things going on that are making our lives more stressful and more isolating. Of course, there's good and bad in all of our lives, but we need to be aware where we are isolating ourselves too much, where we are listening, reading or watching too much negativity, where we're not looking after ourselves enough. Do we need to make changes in our diet, move more, bring in more positivity, reduce stress, get better sleep, as Ollie said, get outside, get some sunlight. All these things can have a positive impact on ourselves. 
So if you're thinking of making any of these changes, this is where the Fabulously Keto Diet and Lifestyle Journal can be useful to track your changes and see how they're impacting you. How, how do you feel and what's going on? On the podcast, Ollie spoke about blackberries because we recorded this episode in August. So there was plenty of blackberries around. Um, the show notes has a link to the crumble recipe that Ollie mentioned. So you might need to save that until next year when the blackberries are back out. And one of the things that Ollie said that really resonated with me was without cooking your own food, you're outsourcing your health. And I know I definitely prefer to eat at home for the most part nowadays. I, I never used to be like that, but I do much prefer eating at home now. If there's a social event, of course I'll go. Um, I will eat in a restaurant, but I definitely prefer eating at home and being in control. Even though Julian does the cooking, I know that my food doesn't contain grains and that he's using healthy fats. So I feel much more relaxed about eating at home than eating out. And also in the podcast, we spoke about the health results and the metabolic testing. And the Health Results Metabolic Score uses the five markers of metabolic health and gives you a score out of 100. At the moment, it's only available in the UK. I can test anyone who's willing to travel to Epping or meet me within 20 to 30 minutes of Epping. If you're further afield, you can contact Health Results and there's a link in the show notes and ask them if they can find a practitioner near you they will be having an online search coming soon. Um, the cost is £49 for the full test, so it's a reasonable price. Um, definitely worth finding out where you are on that scale. So the show notes can be found at fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash 110. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto 1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, 
healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories, and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.